Jacob and Chandra Miller and their company Boulders and Blossoms Greenhouse and Landscape Supply have taken over Central Vermont's largest greenhouse. Find over 300 hanging baskets in brilliant colors, thousands of herbs and annuals in six packs and flats. Boulders and Blossoms Greenhouse and Landscape Supply also has bulk premium bark mulch and their landscape product lines will expand. Plainfield Hardware and General Store has everything for your home, bagged Vermont compost and moo products and mulch. You'll find beautiful picnic tables made in Plainfield, Adirondack chairs and cabinet. There's a new and rapidly expanding toy selection, and their creaming machine is up and running. This spring, make it family-owned and operated Plainfield Hardware and General Store, welcoming boulders and blossoms greenhouse and landscape supply. Halfway between Plainfield and East Montpelier, on Route 2. It's time to get the story behind the story. Interviews with newsmakers, newsbreakers, and your phone calls. Radio Vermont presents The Mark Johnson Show. Thank you, Jim Connie. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. Thanks for tuning in. I wish I could say it's a gorgeous day out there today, but it's not. But that's okay because, well, you know, we're all here together, and that's what really matters. Coming up on the uh, program today, broadcasting live today from Burlington, and we are uh, here at the Sheridan Conference Center. It is uh, the Vermont Business and Industry Expo. Usually I'm uh, encouraging you to stop on down, give us a wave. remember one year I was asking people to give me a quarter as they went by, and, and too many of you took me up on that offer. But uh, they have really changed the format here at the Expo. So let me give you what the, uh, the deal is here before we get to our guests today. Uh, this today is really for the exhibitors, the people that are uh, trying to sell their services and show their products here to interact with one another. One of the complaints that the exhibitors had had in the past is that they were really kind of tied to their booth, didn't have an opportunity to go out and network, which is really one of the main purposes of this uh, two-day event. So they changed it. So day one here is going to be uh, closed to the public. The exhibitors are, are pouring in as we speak, and then they're going to have an opportunity to uh, meet with one another. There are a couple of innovative ways that the uh, Vermont Chamber of Commerce, which sponsors this event, has set that up, including they have set up what looks like a cafe on the second floor here at the Sheridan Conference Center where uh, folks have scheduled appointments and will have one-on-one uh, -on -one meetings with potential clients or people that they're just trying to get information from. So a little bit different this year. Tomorrow, the doors swing wide open for you to head on up here and uh, take advantage of uh, the opportunity to see some of the exhibitors that are here. It's really kind of a fun day, great day to network as well, too. If you're at all in a, a business where you're looking for clients and who isn't, then uh, it's a great opportunity. Kind of everybody's in this same spot here. So that will all be happening tomorrow, and we will, uh, again, be broadcasting live here uh, as well. So um, don't come today. Come tomorrow. Tomorrow, by the way, if you hadn't already signed up, it is a $10 admission charge, but you'll get your money's worth in uh, just all the, the cool items that are free giveaways here. So, uh, again, uh, show up tomorrow, and it is at the Sheridan Conference Center, which I assume all of you know where that is. It's uh, right near the Cloverleaf in, uh, at the second Burlington exit. So thanks for joining us on the program this morning. We have an interesting lineup of folks that are going to be joining us, and uh, you can join us on the program, too. I know, you know, some of you think that when we're out on the road, we don't take calls. Not true. We do, and love to hear from you. Usual phone numbers. You can call us at 
1777. That's our local number. Toll free 877-291-8255. And a reminder, if you're out there driving around, you know, uh, be careful when you're calling. Use your Bluetooth. Don't. Um, there are too many people out there that are still using handheld cell phones, and it's dangerous. So, so don't do it. All right. Uh, again, our phone numbers are 244-1777. Toll free, you can reach us at 877-291-8255. And, uh, you know, part of what I'm hoping that we accomplish here in the next two days is that we all learn a little bit about some of the companies that are out there that we may not be w aware of uh, right now. And on that theme, let's uh, begin today. Let's give a nice home radio for my welcome this morning to Stephen Hutton, who's the executive director at Vermont High Tech. And, uh, Stephen, thanks for joining us. How are you this morning? I am well. Thank you for having me. So first thing we need to do is uh, the acronym HITECH stands for what, my friend? Uh, Vermont HITECH is Vermont Healthcare Information Technology Education Center. So it sort of is a play on the world of high-tech. Correct. Yeah, with, without the H. Without the H. You couldn't come up with something that, that you know, <laughs> center a home or something like that. Right. So this started, this company started back in 2000 because of the need for medical transcription people. Is that how it how That's you, correct. Transcriptionists? So, correct. It, it's, it actually is a, um, um, a company that really spun off from IDX back in the days of IDX and they were going through uh, some acquisitions and had acquired a company that was looking to uh, bring on employ a large number of medical transcription transcriptionists to uh, fill their needs okay all right so the uh, but the people that you employ are are who uh, the the people that we that the let me back up a little bit. The programs that we run are really uh, centered on and geared towards Verm Vermonters that are unemployed or underemployed. So our goal is to provide them with opportunities uh, to become employed or to improve their employment situation um, within a company that may be expanding or retraining their, their uh, workforce. And in, or in an industry that is um, under... Uh, uh, not enough people and and pays well too exactly so all of our programs that we run we do um, try to meet the the at, at very least the um, livable wage for this area or wherever whatever area we would be doing the training for okay all right so it started with medical transcriptionists so so how did you match people that were uh, looking for work and the people that you that were trying to hire including of course the hospital here right so our programs are are built on a collaboration between um, Vermont high tech delivering the education and developing the curriculum and rolling out an associated apprenticeship with an employer who is looking to bring on um, a large number of employees and the Department of Labor. Um, we work closely with the Department of Labor to assist us in doing the outreach to reach the individuals that may be unemployed or underemployed that are looking to um, gain employment. Okay. So who made the initiation here? Did Let's use Fletcher Allen or, or the University of Vermont Medical Center as the example. So to, who did they go to when they needed transcriptionists? You, the state, who did they go to? Um, a lot of our programs have been um, started through contacts with the state. So in some cases, an employer will reach out to the Department of Labor and say, we're short of, you know, we need 12 or 15 people brought in for this particular um, 
job. In other cases, employers contact us directly uh, through word of mouth. You know, one program with one employer that goes very well can often lead to, uh, you know, more more employer contacts yep. uh, as you would expect. Yep. Um, and that's you know, it's typically those through avenues that we we would gain the uh, the programs. All right. So what happened after you fulfilled the need for medical transcriptionists? How, how do you then? How do you decide what's next? Um, again, it's gonna it's gonna happen through uh, either our outreach to employers, our contacts. Uh, in some cases, again, employers are contacting us directly. Um, soon after the medical transcription programs, we were working with Fletcher Allen. Uh, we also uh, worked for a couple of years with Dealer.com when they were relatively small, and um, considering leaving the state and trying to figure out how to grow here in Vermont. Um, so we got involved and ran, um, I want to say, around six or seven programs for them over the course of a couple of years. Mm-hmm. When you open this up, you say that you're really looking for people that are um, unemployed as, as one group. So why why are you putting the focus on that as opposed to just opening it up to everybody and potentially getting, you know, the best qualified people that you can get? Um, high tech is, is um, I don't want to say has a philosophy, but really has a belief, strong belief that there are people that, and unemployed would be an example, that, that have an extreme amount of potential that's untapped and provided the right opportunity um, they can um, really demonstrate what they have what they bring to the table um, their skill sets their abilities their energy devotion compassion uh, passion for the topic um, and you know we're we're here to help provide some of those opportunities um, and to keep jobs here in Vermont. If we can grow the jobs here in Vermont, provide businesses with uh, an avenue to develop the curriculum and the, and actually the, the curriculum when it is built is built in the context um, for that particular employer. So we're not delivering a very generic program. We're building the curriculum with what that specific employer needs. Okay, okay. Who pays for all this? Who pays for the training? The employer, uh, excuse me, the, um, the participants don't pay anything to participate. So it is, uh, in fact, free to them. We provide books, the computers, the uh, classroom, anything that's needed for their success, we make sure we provide it to them. Um, through grants and resources through the Department of Labor primarily, we've been able to run these programs uh, for a number of years at no cost. The employer does often provide in-kind resources, in-kind support. Um, they can provide teaching assistance in class. They can provide um, the actual um, materials or access to uh, systems, for example, for computer systems. They would be setting up and providing services uh, available to the students um, for them to be able to use in the class. Okay. So beside medical transcriptionists, name, tell me some of the other industries that you've worked in. So we have, we, we currently operate really in four main arenas. So healthcare being one, information technology being a second, advanced manufacturing being a third, uh, and now most recently business services. And the uh, I'll give you maybe an example of one from each. That would be great. Um, so for advanced manufacturing, we run a CNC machinist program. Um, for IT, we've run uh, software support specialists is a good example. 
uh, in the healthcare arena. We're currently running a medical assistant program at Dartmouth Hitchcock. Um, and I forgive me, I've missed one of them, I believe. Um, Oh, and for the business services, uh, we're currently running a program uh, for technical writers uh, with Triad Design Services. Okay. Are you looking for, for or is there an opportunity for people that are looking for work right now? From an employer standpoint or from a, a people unemployed that Pe are looking? A people unemployed standpoint. Absolutely. There's, there's, there's a lot of people out there still, and what we're seeing is while unemployment may be dropping, we still see a lot of people that are uh, suffering the consequences of, of 2008 through 2011 when uh, there was a lot of downsizing, there was a lot of um, people being laid off, and a lot of people just have not yet completely recovered from that and gotten back on their feet. And uh, so absolutely, we're, mm -hmm. you know, we run events uh, when we do orientation sessions for new programs, and we often get 300 people showing up to the events looking for wow. an opportunity. Wow. Does that surprise you? I mean, is that a big number or not? Um, I mean, it's it saddens me a little bit, I guess, but it doesn't necessarily surprise me. I think, again, with the after effects of the, of the recession, I think what we're seeing is... Um, is realistic. It's, it's really what's going on out there. It's what people are really facing. Mm -hmm. Stephen Hutton is with Vermont High Tech. You can join us at 244-1777, toll-free 877-291-8255. You mentioned that part of your desire is to keep jobs here in Vermont. Can you talk about the experience you had with Dealer.com and how you were able to do that? Sure. So Dealer.com, um, and forgive me, it I don't know the exact date. I'm guessing it was around 2007, maybe. Um, went to the state and was looking for an opportunity to be able to, to create opportunity here in the state, but they didn't have the workforce, the people applying to dealer.com. They didn't know how to create the workforce. Um, and I'm speaking for them, so forgive me if I'm, you know. Um, but the, the opportunity... Um, uh, for us to step in and help develop programs that were very specific to what their needs were at the time, um, help them keep those jobs here in the state instead of moving to California. Um, they've since grown from 50 employees when we started working with them. Uh, and I think when we left, um, we had uh, helped recruit and train around 80 or 90 people wow. uh, for them. So they grew significantly while we were working with them and continued to grow afterwards. They actually absorbed our model internally. They took the model inside and ran with it and continued to grow and continue to grow to this day. Mm -hmm. do, do, do employers ask the same question I did before about why don't you open up, you know, the, I mean, I guess they can open up the process to whoever they want. That's not really your problem per se. Why do you think they want to work with your group as opposed to just putting an ad in the paper or trying to do it on their own? Um, our, you know, one is track, you know, track record and history. So as they, as an employer talks to another employer who's had experience with Vermont High Tech, they will soon discover that um, the programs have been very, very successful at meeting what their needs are to help them grow. Oftentimes, an employer does not necessarily have the staffing to um, to concentrate on workforce development internally. Mm -hmm. um, they're spread pretty thin, as a lot of organizations are. 
And in, when an organization is expanding rapidly, um, they need to address it quickly and they need to find an organization that can um, build a program for them that's custom to their organization. So our programs are always designed and developed in the context of that employer. Right. So while we might be educating software support specialists uh, to, to, to take on that role, that software support specialist for a particular organization is the training is designed specific to what their needs are. Not a generic software support specialist, but specific to that organization. Huh, okay. Who does it not make sense? What businesses make sense to call you? What businesses don't make any sense? Uh, we would love to hear from organizations which are currently expanding or planning on expanding um, significantly you know, in the coming months or years. Um, organizations which are increasing by one or two employees um, probably does not make sense right now. But as they grow, as they go through those initial stages of growth, maybe one-off, two-off employees, yeah. um, once they begin to expand more rapidly and they're talking about six, seven, 10, 12, 15 employees at a time, uh, that really makes a lot of sense to be contacting us. Okay. Um, and so how do you how do you price this? Is it per employee? Is it how does that work? The um, again the the for a participant to participate there is no cost, so it's largely supported through grants uh, through the Department of Labor, uh, through the state of Vermont. Uh, there's um, uh, wet fund grants. There's uh, Vermont training program grants which have helped to support our programs in the past there's federal grants uh, which have helped support us in the past um, so there really is no uh, expense wow, to really? the participant okay. um, employee or excuse me employers again do provide some resources uh, to help sustain our organization but also to help um, defray some of the costs with uh, the resources that would be needed during the program okay so really this can be largely paid through through grants I mean that that amazes me given how how uh, short money is in, in governments locally and, and federally yeah, we've 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 been fortunate, and again with the track record and success, all of our programs. One of the one of our earmarks of our program is that, or uh, we we don't run a program without an employer stepping up to the plate and guaranteeing employment to those individuals that successfully complete the program. Um, so our programs lead directly to employment. Mm -hmm. uh, and that, of course, is, uh, you know, from from a Department of Labor standpoint or our other organizations which are helping to fund this, um, that is extremely important to them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you go back and look and see what happened? Do you, have you, do you go back and follow and track these people and see if they stayed in the job? We, we have, um, I'd say somewhat anecdotic, anecdotally, um, we do not have a, a, a formal alumni group or anything like that. Um, you know, we've had people who have gone through our program at, you know, a very young age um, and uh, within a matter of five to seven years, and Dealer.com is a really good example of this, where they're now vice presidents mm -hmm. uh, within the organization. I would say that's not always the case, obviously, but... Um, um, we do have a lot of individuals which definitely continue to grow once they're in the organization. Um, people who go through our programs become very, very committed to the opportunity 
and to the employer. Uh, you know, the employer stepped up, provided them an opportunity that they just couldn't imagine uh, being a possibility. Yeah. Uh, and then after afterwards, they they become really, really committed to that employer, and it's, it's fantastic. And the employers see that, recognize it, and provide more opportunity to those individuals. Your uh, your partner in the uh, the uh, uh, your partner is going to be giving a presentation tomorrow. What's that all about? So he will be uh, really expanding upon what I'm talking to you about today. He'll really go deep into what the model is like, how we operate as an organization uh, with employers. Um, he will bring a group of four employers, which we are currently working with, um, to the table with him, and they will share their experiences with uh, their experience with Vermont High Tech, um, the employees they've brought in, uh, the model itself. Um, they'll have people there from uh, Dartmouth-Hitchcock, for example. There will be someone there from Husky Injection Molding, who we work with, um, and from some more organizations. Mm -hmm. How, um, if people are looking for work, who, what's the route that they should go to contact you? So all of our programs are announced publicly through radio, through newspaper, uh, through Craigslist, many different avenues. So we'll, we reach out publicly to let people know of the opportunity. Anyone who is currently interested in um, hearing about future opportunities as they come about um, should go to our website, which is www.vthitec.org, and they can go and apply and um, put their name in, and we will reach out to them as future opportunities come about. How long would it take you to train somebody to become a medical transcriptionist? Uh, our programs typically, so medical transcription was a very, very long program. That was actually one of our very first programs we ran um, as the model was being built. I believe that was a 30-week program, very long. Wow, okay. Uh, we're currently running or just finished a program with Precise Solutions, which is uh, medical coding. That was a 10-week program. Our our programs range from eight to ten weeks. Total immersion programs. Uh, people who do participate are participating. Um, I don't want to say 24/7, but it, it, it's going to seem like that to the people who are participating. It's eight or nine hours in the classroom. It's four or five hours of homework a night. Wow. It's eight to ten hours of homework on the weekends, and it goes straight. So they're pretty much committed full time to this program. Mm -hmm. Do you like the new format here at the expo? I do. I, I think it provides, as you mentioned on your intro, it provides uh, uh, the participants, the people who are displaying here, to uh, interact with each other, which, again, in the past that was challenging to do. Um, in, if you had one or two people at your booth, yeah. you were pretty much uh, you know, <laughs> tied handcuffed. to your booth. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, and do you have any of these meetings set up in this sort of uh, little nice um, kind of cafe in the back here? I do. I, I have a meeting this afternoon at, uh, I think, 320 um, so I will be speaking with an individual at that point. Now, did they request to talk to you, or did you request to talk to them? Um, in that instance, they requested to talk to me. 
Okay. Uh, it was there's a new online tool that uh, has been rolled out, which is uh, I can't remember the name, but it's B2B. I think is what it, the acronym yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. And they it allows uh, participants to look to see who's here on site, and then to invite someone to speak with you, or you can request a meeting with them. It's really very effective. Apparently, this is an idea that's done everywhere else in the world except for the United States. So uh, maybe we'll be the you know the beachhead here. Yes. Thank you for yes. your time this morning. You are welcome. It very much. Thank, Thank you for having me. Good luck. Thank you. Take care. Uh, Stephen Hutton is with Vermont High Tech, H-I-T-E-C, not with the H on the end. We're broadcasting live this morning at the Vermont Business and Industry Expo. We'll take a short break. We'll be back in just a few moments. And if you look out the window to the left, you'll see the historic Mount Rushmore. Up next is Mount Savemore. Mount Savemore? Wait, are those Hondas embedded in the rock face? Glorious, isn't it? The Honda Memorial Day sales event is so good, a giant limestone monument was erected in its honor. Really take in the patriotic curves of the 2015 Accord, Civic, and Pilot. All three can be financed at 0.9% APR for well-qualified buyers. It's beautiful. Is that still going on? For a limited time. Can we go? But, but the tour! All right, but no flash photography. The salespeople spook easily. Right now, get financing as low as 0.9% APR for well-qualified buyers on a Honda. KBB.com's best overall brand. To learn more, visit your local North Country Honda dealer or online at NorthCountryHondaDealers.com. Based on 2015 Brand Image Awards from Kelly Blue Book, visit KBB.com for more information. See dealer for financing details. RB Technologies on Route 14 in East Montpelier has been creating and supporting thoughtfully designed, custom-crafted computer networks and communication systems for their business clients since 1997. Here's team member Crystal Capron. I think that RB Technologies' mission is to not only build lasting relationships with our customers, but also earn the trust of our customers. Loyalty, respect, and trust are the first three words that pop into my head when I think of RB Technologies. Not only do they strive to satisfy their customers, but also their employees. I think a big part of what sets RB Tech aside from the competition is that we are not just focused on computer networking and technology. We get involved in the community as much as we can. From supporting the Vermont Chamber to the Mountaineers baseball team, RB Technologies cares not only about the customers but about the community. The team at RB Technologies knows it's all about building lasting relationships. Call 223 4448 or online at rbtechvt.com. When you think of business technology and communications, think of RB Technologies. The Sealy Memorial Day mattress sale is now in progress at Hooker's Furniture. Save 40 to 60% store wide featuring Sealy Posturepedic with the Core Support Center for maximum comfort and support. Save now on the Sealy Optimum Cool Gel Mattress memory foam and the hybrid half memory foam half inner spring mattress whatever you do in bed Sealy supports it with fantastic savings of up to 60 percent off during the Sealy memorial day sale only at your betting experts hookers furniture on route 100 and waterbury center so drive a little and save a lot hi this is eric bashaw sales manager at 802 honda we have decided to make a very special offer through may 31st choose any new honda civic ex or cord in stock and save two thousand and fifteen dollars the civic sets the standard for compact sedans. There's a reason over 18 million have been sold. 
Save $2,015 on every new Civic EX in stock. Hi, I'm Dan DeMar, and the Honda Accord has been on Car and Driver's Top 10 list a record 28 times. Save $2,015 on every Accord in stock. 802 Honda is the number one dealer selling certified pre-owned Hondas in Vermont. We have over 30 certified Hondas available, but we always need more. We will pay top dollar for your trade. Through May 31st, save $2,015 on every new Civic EX or Accord in stock. Only at 802 Honda. So, click on 802honda.com. Call 844-802-HONDA. Drive I-89 to exit 7. We are less than one minute off the interstate. 802 Honda, driving to be Vermont's number one Honda dealer. Check this week's world for local Memorial Day parades and a tribute to our military. Also, editor Aaron interviews Graniteville resident and World War II vet Pete Tucker about his recent honor flight to Washington, D.C. It was quite the adventure and packed with countless surprises. Lawn mowing, landscaping, property maintenance, and more. The service directory is full of local folks to help you with all your summer needs. You don't want to miss a week of your world. You can pick up a free copy at over 250 newsstands throughout central Vermont. Get your world at Bethel Central Market, Callis Maple Corner Store, Dudley's in East Montpelier, and Marshfield General Store. A full list of newsstands is available online at vt-world.com and in each edition. More than 30,000 readers every week. The World, Central Vermont's hometown newspaper for over 40 years. We're back broadcasting live this morning from the Vermont Business and Industry Expo. It's day one. This is the day the exhibitors are uh, hanging out with each other and actually trying to sort of, you know, create a little business for themselves. Tomorrow it is open to the uh, public. All right. Uh, you know, I, you probably think I programmed this way because last year we uh, had our friends from the Vermont Brownie Company on, and, you know, it, it is all about the sweets and all about the candy. So let's give a nice warm radio Vermont welcome this morning to Eric Lampman, who is with Lake Champlain Chocolates. And uh, so let's deal with the most important order of business here. Oh, well, good morning. That's probably the most good important. What's in, the, what's in the bag? Uh, the bag is, is an array of some chocolates that I brought for you. Um, Those are for me? To share. Yeah, wow. I figured um, it would be a good good breakfast for you oh, here. Okay. I didn't All know right. if they'd be feeding you. Okay. All right. Well, I guess maybe I better go a little lighter on my questions for you. <laughs> So why did you do it? No. Uh, so you're uh, you're the second generation. Your dad is the one that really started this company. Started it back in 1983. So this is really a family business. This, you know, people think of Lake Champlain Chocolates. I think they probably think of this, you know, huge multinational corporation at this point. But it's really a family business. It is. Uh, myself and my sister Ellen, uh, who. A few years older, we're both in the business and have been for, uh, she's been in the business for a little over 10 years, and myself for probably about seven. And, you know, we grew up in the business. Chocolate was part of our life, uh, which is a pretty lucky thing to be able to say uh, growing up. And I think, you know, many things we did, it kind of came back to chocolate in different ways. And, um, you know, we were very prideful all along of being able to share that with people, whether it was new friends. Um, you know, this great product that we make, and we're able to kind of share that with new friends and um, tell our story of what we do here in, in Vermont, you know. Your dad started down at the Ice House. So tell, talk about the origin of the company and how it really, where the big break came. 
Well, uh, my dad was in the restaurant business really ever since he was a teenager on the Jersey Shore um, and kind of got a little bit introduced to confectionery making fudge on the Jersey Shore there in Beach Haven. And then uh, through college here at UVM, he ended up getting hooked into Bolton Valley, working with uh, the Deloriers, and um, eventually after the Pierre restaurant, which was in Colchester, was at the Ice House. And that's where the chocolate kind of really started and became born with his pastry chef. And as it kind of slowly started in the early 80s, um, really a big break became when he when he kind of caught a, a retail look in New York City and uh, got a nice review and uh, that really kind of became something to be tangible to get the product out of Vermont um, get to the big city in a way. Yeah, yeah. So that was how deep into the business? Um, you know, I'll have to check on the date of that but I believe that was late 80s is when kind of that took on um, just approaching the 90s and you know at that time, we were still very much, uh, as as I'm told, because I was only an, a young child at the time, uh, we were still in the kind of the back alley on Pine Street, uh, behind what what is now Speeder and Earls and Arts Riot. Right. And over the years, we've kind of bounced along as we've grown. When we bounced back across to the Maltex, and then we've bounced down to Sears Lane for a little while, and uh, we were at the before dealer took over the entire business uh, building. We were there and part of it and we've been at 750 Pine Street for now I believe 18 years almost um, and so it's been a, a fun ride on Pine Street and seeing how that corridor has really changed over many years of yeah. being kind of a, a, a dark place in some ways and, yeah. and now really is flourishing with a lot of families and a lot of activity people walking around and becoming even more retail is that the only manufacturing place um, there are some small soft manufacturing happening on Pine Street and uh, I guess the other manufacturing that's really taken on Pine Street is brewing uh, so Citizen Cider is on Pine no, but, Street now. But I mean Lake Champlain Chocolate. Is, is that oh, the only sorry, place you yeah. manufacture? Uh, it is. We have a small, very small little room over in our Williston warehouse okay. uh, that we do our ice cream production. And that's something that we make and sell locally in our retail stores. So um, yeah, I've noticed. Yeah. yeah, the graham cracker crust, um, new flavor, pretty darn good. That's great. So I, I was just recently um, in Los Angeles, which I don't say to brag, but I wanted to tell you that, you know, I saw I saw Lake Champlain chocolate out there, you know, in a, I think it was in a Whole Foods or something. And there's something really cool about being from Vermont and being out in California and seeing the Lake Champlain chocolate logo in the back. Uh, so how far are you guys? Well, that's probably about as far as we go. Um, we are maybe Alaska, I guess, at certain times of the year when product gets up there. Um, we're in we're in pretty much every single state. Um, occasionally, we get some small amounts of product up into Canada, but we've really focused on the U.S. market, and we are nationwide. And Whole Foods, which you mentioned, is definitely one of our biggest uh, uh, customers. And you know, it's great to hear you say that because I know that that's something that my father always really wanted to be part of this business is to kind of reflect and, and have that appreciation of what Vermont is and stands for to be able to be spread across the United States. So to hear you 
kind of start that question with um, your reaction is is really kind of special to um, and, and is really what we're striving to do is kind of have that little little piece of whether it's a little square or chocolate bar that you're able to pick up and say oh, I remember being there in the summer or skiing in the you know in the Green Mountains um, you know that's one of the things that our brand is all about is reflecting what Vermont is Vermont's ingredients and kind of that state of mind we have here you know if uh, actually I may have even taken a picture of it I think I was even that I was that impressed by it so th tell me about the growth of the company I mean you're talking about if you're in Whole Foods I mean you've got some big clients so how big is this company at this point can you tell me that um, well the last last couple years we've increased our employees by uh, quite a few as we've added on our South End Kitchen location on Pine Street as well. That's something that Lake Champlain Chocolates owns and, and runs, and it was kind of our newest uh, expansion last year. Um, so we're up to roughly around 150 or so employees full-time. Um, and we're, again, we're selling nationwide. Uh, we're going through... So what our company does is we buy chocolate that's already been processed by manufacturers in Europe. They're really the expert chocolate makers, and we buy chocolate in. And what we've been buying the last year or two is just about a million pounds of chocolate. And then what we do is we create that into additional products. So we'll melt that chocolate down, and we'll add nuts, and we'll create caramels using Vermont ingredients. We'll create other types of truffle centers. Um, and so that goes out as much more product than a million pounds. But a million pounds of chocolate's coming through our door. Wow. I'm just sort of trying to envision what that would look like. Uh, Lots and lots and lots of containers, <laughs> yeah, uh, with lots of bags of chocolate chips, essentially. Yep. Why, why are you getting it from Europe? Uh, well, the Europeans have always been kind of the best chocolate makers. Um, it's you know if you go back through Swiss. the yeah. well, Swiss were definitely some of them. Um, the Swiss are really known for their milk chocolate. Uh, thinking about all the cows that they have and that Swiss dairy, um, but you know the Belgians have always really been some of the expert chocolate makers um, the French I'm sure will contest that mm -hmm. um, but there's you know different styles even amongst the different countries and different process techniques and so as you know the history of cocoa shows you know cocoa coming from the Americas Central and South America brought over by traders to Europe um, at that point was kind of this drink food of the gods given to the king um, and then eventually, you know, as the Industrial Revolution hit in um, in Europe, it really kind of created the mechanisms for creating chocolate as we know it today here in the mm. U.S. Mm. So they've really been the leaders in chocolate manufacturing. Mm -hmm. um, and now what's happening in the U.S. And, and even abroad as well is this kind of, like many things, going back to the old-fashioned craft ways, small batch, doing things maybe a little bit a harder way, um, using older equipment in ways that were before some of the technological advances and still making very good products. So there's a, a real kind of craft chocolate uh, expansion happening in the U.S. on very small scale, lots of small makers. And we've been doing that uh, the last few years with, with a line that I worked on creating uh, for the company, which is we call Blue Bandana Chocolate Maker. And that's 
been recognized that way to uh, differentiate it from Lake Champlain chocolates because we're no longer buying the chocolate. We're actually going to the farms and buying the, the raw material mm. cocoa beans and bringing that in and processing that entirely in-house into chocolate and then making bars out of that. Okay. So were there cha there must have been challenges when you have a business that grows as, as much as this business has, where you go from that kind of small little thing to now really a manufacturer. So what were, I mean, how did you get around those challenges? How did you get over that? Well, I think that's a great point, is, is growing from kind of being a small producer locally to how do you get to the next step, scaling up. Um, and... And my dad's going to talk about that a little bit tomorrow in our, our breakfast talk. And, um, you know, one of the main things is that you, you start to have to kind of have, have some risk involved or have something that leads you to um, lower that risk. And one of those for us um, back in the 90s was uh, getting hooked in with Starbucks and as an opportunity to make some chocolate for them. And... That enabled us to get some equipment that was very big and large for us at the time, but it opened the door and opened our eyes to what other capabilities might be out there for us. Hmm. And so that became kind of maybe the carrot in some ways. And then as things evolve, you know, you don't necessarily always have that business forever, and then you have to make opportunity with equipment you have. So mm -hmm. that's really, that was a real big piece for us was to kind of, get our foot in the door with them, open our eyes up to this next level of um, really distribution and quality standards on the food production manufacturing side of things. Mm -hmm. Starbucks, I'm not familiar with them. What do they do? Uh, <laughs> they so, sell a little bit of chocolate and a lot of coffee. Yeah, <laughs> and they make a lot of money, too. How do you decide when to bring a new product on? Uh, that's a great question. Um, so part of my... I mean, I know my, I, I recommended to your dad like 10 years ago to do the sea salt to caramels, and you finally <laughs> listened to me. Uh, it's it's one that, you know, we, we like to pay attention to food trends, and not necessarily confection and, and chocolate and ice cream trends, but really food in general. All right. And um, understanding kind of you know, what people and flavors people are into. Um, so that's part of it, and starting to understand what are people looking for. Um, like what other food would you look at to take a clue for chocolate? Well, I think you can pull things from, let's see, recently sriracha, just spice, you know, chilies and um, hot sauces. Have, you know, in the last number of years have become really competitive and really um, more mainstream than ever before, I think. And, and it's not just single hot sauce it's all these different varieties of hot sauce so spice and chocolate has become something that's followed suit shortly thereafter and and it's not just one pepper but it might be all different types of peppers or okay. different types of heat and chocolate so um you know that, that's an example of something we look to um Another example is just kind of watching other markets, and uh, one recently, and I, I have a few in the bag for you, is our apple cider uh, caramel that we've developed with the group at Citizen Cider, and um, really kind of working on how do we create a new apple product, because we have so many great apples here in Vermont, and the cider boom is happening, so how do we kind of tie into that? 
and and um, what we've done with them is we've used their raw material apple juice that they press in Middlebury, and they boil it down for us just like maple syrup, mm. and create this absolutely incredible apple syrup that we then use as our sweetener for the caramel. So your caramel is infused with this natural apple God, flavor. Stop. So I'll <laughs> I'll leave a few of those for you to, to enjoy later. I think everybody just turned around in their car and they're heading to Lake Champlain Chocolates. Uh, how do you know that the people that are producing the cocoa are not getting exploited? Um, that's you know that's one that's always comes up. And what we've done in the last few years is we've really made a commitment to go fair trade. Um, I think at this point we're at 95% of all chocolate we purchase is fair trade certified. Um, and we've got plans for those 5% and how we're tackling that in the next couple months and years ahead. Um, you know, and to even go further than that, what we're really working on is having full traceability in our supply chain. Uh, my sister and I are really trying to drive a little bit of that side of uh, the whole commitment, which is, you know, like we know our dairy farmers here at Monument Farms or Vermont Creamery and you know, our neighbor who does the maple syrup in Vermont. It's local. It's easy to be able to have those relationships, but we're challenging ourselves to, to work a little harder on the global sense and travel to some farms and to get our network with cocoa producers more established. And um, so what we're really striving for in the next number of years ahead is to have full traceability through our supply chain and cocoa. Um, so it's not necessarily just a blend from some countries but it's actually back to a co-op level mm -hmm. um, our organic line of chocolates is fully traceable comes from uh, some co-ops in the Dominican Republic and Peru and so that's a real solid um, step ahead and so that's really kind of been a great growth for us in the last couple of years too is um, is getting involved in the organic market segment of the of the industry in chocolate. Talking with Eric Lampman, he's with Lake Champlain Chocolates, a moment of your time for our friends at Green Mountain Access, an outstanding local Internet service provider. Uh, make it gmavt.net, and you can have a little salted caramel to go along with that. Give them a call today at one 321 on the web at gmavt.net. We'll take a short break. We'll be back and uh, talk a little bit more chocolate right after these important announcements. Vermont Community Loan Fund borrower and Vermont business owner Bob Light talks about the Vermont Community Loan Fund. When my wife, Lee, and I wanted to expand our Hollister Hill Farm bed and breakfast and to expand our farm store, we looked around for a loan. Traditional lenders weren't interested in our business plan. Then we heard about the Vermont Community Loan Fund. The loan fund looks at lending differently. It isn't just about the bottom line. It's about building Vermont's future, Vermont's businesses, and jobs. The Vermont Community Loan Fund is a mission-driven lender. We focus on people, not profits. We're lending money to Vermont's small businesses to help them succeed. The Loan Fund really looked at the whole picture with us. They saw how we were an asset to Vermont. Now. We're growing and proud to contribute to what makes Vermont work. If you're looking for a business loan, look at the Vermont Community Loan Fund, where we look at lending differently. Visit investinvermont.org. 
Borns Energy is truly a local Vermont company. When you call Borns, you get a real live person on the line, maybe even your neighbor. On a rare occasion, all the lines are busy. Leave your message and someone from Borns actually calls you right back, even after hours or on weekends. Borns takes pride in being practical, reliable, innovative, trustworthy, dedicated to energy conservation and saving you money. Borns is a company you'll want to deal with. Borns Energy, fueling the future. Borns Energy, call Borns Energy. Jack Castellaneta Formula Nissan is saving people money by keeping things simple. But this month, you've really simplified. 0% financing for up to 72 months to qualify buyers on six of our most popular Nissan models. That's almost every vehicle on our lot. It doesn't get much simpler than that. Or much cheaper. Choose Altima, Sentra, Maxima, even Titan pickups and get 0% financing for 72 months. Pathfinder and Rogue get 0% for 60 months. Plus, your trade is worth more than ever right now. We sold a ton of quality pre-owned vehicles in April, and now we need good trades. Bring your car, truck, SUV to us. We'll make you an offer on it even if you don't buy from us. All the selection you need and 0% financing for up to 72 months on the most popular Nissans in America. It's the ride of your life sale going on right now at Formula Nissan. We're on the Barry Montpelier Road next to Pizza Hut and at FormulaNissan.com. Let us show you how easy it is to do business here. Financing and approved credit offers end May 31st. All right, so we got the uh, milk chocolate apple cider caramels. Not that I'm easily bribed or anything. Uh, we got the hazelnut bar, the granola bar. Oh, my gosh, you're too many for me to even even uh, name here. Most popular product at Lake Champlain Chocolates today is what? Uh, it's our it's our five-star bar, uh, chocolate bar line, which they're what many people probably say are the small ones that are chunky. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. And they're, you know, they kind of resemble. And you say they just pack a, a big, powerful punch. <laughs> exactly, and they're full of great inclusions and you know good uh, things come in small packages exactly my friend. Yeah. yeah and they're, they're wrapped like a little gold bar so it's um we've always felt a five-star bar really lives up to that's what it is it's you'd give it five stars if you ate any of them so why is this so popular uh you know this is a real unique product this is all of these five-star bars are made by hand today still even with the reach that we've gained nationwide distribution we still make all of them by hand and make them almost every single day during the year um, you know we use unique formulas that we cook ourselves all our caramels are made in-house using Vermont dairy formulated by our team um, we're not going out of house and buying just the flavor that um, is is used by maybe XYZ competitors like Kraft yeah. yeah whoever I mean it could be any of the big guys um, and you know we try to we really try to create products that are going to deliver on flavor um, and and that's one place that we've just always felt and strive to have is to be superior in flavor than our competitors and to have something that you really want to come back and have more of mm -hmm. so that's that's always been a part of i think what has become some of our success because these the 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 pack of powerful punch bars are relatively new right no I mean, these have been around for a number of years oh get out they're here. so small they probably hidden on I, you. no there's no way <laughs> i mean come on i could how could you miss that uh, those are, they've uh, just undergone a packaging change. They're a little bit uh, brighter, lighter colors now um, in the last year or so. But, uh, you know, they're, they're just, uh, 
Oh, I did go through that period. I didn't eat any chocolate for a few years. That must have been when they came out. So, so have there been any, I don't mean to interrupt you, nope. but, I, but I'm going to because I'm older than you and I can get away with it. And I, I don't have much time. Have there been any other, have there been any products that Lake Champlain Chocolate has developed that have bombed? Uh, let's see. There was, um, there was one in particular that was great for a short amount of time and then it just, the bottom fell out. And that was our, um, we made cocoa, cocoa Bono chocolate cigars that were made with cookies. And it was the cookie dough that, um, is used for Ben and Jerry's ice cream. So it was leftovers from that and we extruded them. And then we covered them in chocolate and dusted them in cocoa powder. And there's a handful of oh, friends I, out no, there that remember will remember those. those. Yeah. They came in this beautiful yeah. cigar box. Yeah. Um, and it was very short-lived because it was that time where, you know, there was some bad press around smoking and Oh, all right. Not, but, okay. Kids, um, so you were trying to be pushing smoking on kids? Was that? Wow, well, we weren't pushing that, <laughs> but it's, you know, people. Yeah people assume those things and um it's uh that was a product that was is a great sold, product but, but they but sold them behind the counter usually <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh yeah sorry i interrupted you go ahead um no so these are these are some great products that we uh that we brought here today that are a number of our bars and you know i think one thing that we've talked about is you know there's there's story behind the business and there's story even behind our products um I think that's this collection I brought today is kind of a, a selection of that. There's stories behind each of them, whether it's the transparency, the non-GMO, uh, going direct to source, working with new farmers, opening up new markets for them and opportunities for them as a place to sell their beans that they've never done before, uh, collaborating with local Vermont companies to create new unique products. Uh, that's that's what our you know that's what's fun. That's what keeps us all energized and coming back and uh, engaged in our work. And um, in the end of the day, we're we're working with chocolate, so it's a pretty fun thing, and usually leaves you with a smile on your face. I know you probably can't tell me products that you're going to come out with anytime soon, but you have ones in development. Oh yeah, we're always working on different products, and I think what we've learned over the years is we used to um, my my father's term is shoot from the hip and and just kind of create new products like that overnight and um it's just it's so competitive these days it and is. with distribution and there's more on the line so we really need to kind of be a little more um planned with looking at shelf life retentions um you know and watching products through their life cycles so it's maybe a little bit slower than we would like at times but we're always working on new products and um that that small little chunky bar is is one that we're keyed in on trying to release a new uh flavor of and um we've got a couple that have been tested locally in the shop um so that's an, a great a great opportunity is if you're ever in our our store on pine street we oftentimes We'll have some preview. kind of previews of things that are in development and trying to get some feedback on. So uh huh, yeah, no cigars left down there or anything. <laughs> are those products all gone? They're just gone. There is uh, like there is like one small case box that I think might sit in my dad's office that is uh, of the Cocobano cigars. But yeah, any uh, any challenge being in a business with your family, with your sister, or anything like that? Uh, sure, there's a challenge being in any business. I think, yeah. but. Um, you know, it's our family's tightly knit, and, um, and and that's a great great aspect of it. Uh, I think we're all in it, and we all have 
for the most part, all the same feelings and values towards the company and, and similar visions. And, um, you know, I think some of the some of the challenges come up with, um, you know, it's it's the second generation and, and we're yeah. getting older and more experienced. And, and uh, you know, father is, is keep part eat, of this. Keep so. eating chocolate. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. No That's going to wrap it up for hour number one. This is FM 96.1 WDEV Warren, AM 550 WDEV Waterbury, my period news is coming your way next.